Welcome everyone to another episode of League Hockey Podcast. Uh, third episode of this new season of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. And um, like last episode, we're talking about the 24-team uh, playoffs. It's uh, pretty much a go at this point. Um, so diving into what that's about, um, just get the, um, if I can find the video that I had saved for it, because it uh, goes over everything. So their NHL came out uh, with Gary Bettman saying, hey, we're going to, this is our plan. So the 24 game, well, the 24 team playoffs is a go. Now, first off, um, I'm going to get, I'm going to divulge into this a little bit later after I go over the plan. But um, so they're going to have two hub cities yet to be determined at this point, but they're going to have two hub cities, one Eastern Conference uh, city and one Western Conference city. All right. So they're going to have, like I mentioned in the last episode, whenever we're speculating what they're going to do um, as in regards to a 24 team playoff scenario. So they're going to have the top four teams um, in each conference getting a, uh, a round robin is what they called it. Uh, although we playing a, a round robin, um, but they, it's basically a buy. Uh, so all their games that they're going to be playing is not necessarily important, but it's also not necessarily not important because it's important for them to get back to game speed um, as they are going to have to do their camps beforehand. Um, this isn't expected to start until, uh, around, um, about end of July, early August for this playoffs to even start. Um, I want to say that they said that they're going to have the full, uh, camps around July. Um, but for your Eastern conference, uh, by teams would be the the Bruins, uh, Lightning, uh, the Capitals, and the Flyers uh, for the Eastern Conference. And for the Western Conference, it'd be your 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. How about that? Uh, Colorado Avalanche, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. So um, two teams from each con- uh, division in the Eastern Conference and Three from the Central for the Western Conference and one, only one, for the Pacific. And the Pacific was really weak this uh, this year for sure. Um, also, with that said, that means that um, another thing that they mentioned is that the regular season is done. So all statistics uh, from the start of the season to the the pause date um, basically can go towards awards voting, stuff like that. And also, yeah, that's I me. Mean, it's basically it. And everything about this whole 24 uh, team playoff plan is going off of the, st- the stats that are there as of right now. So uh, which they're heavily going against uh, going with the point percentage to determine a lot of things like tiebreakers. Um, so 
yeah, getting more into their return to play plan. So as I mentioned that they're going to have their little hub cities. Um, so let the video play out a little bit. So for the round robin, uh, Yeah, for the round robin. So the round robin is being played for seeding uh, in the next into the actual playoffs. So they'll have the round robin for all the by teams, and they'll have a play-in series uh, to determine who actually goes and plays the traditional sixteen game uh, sixteen team playoffs. Now is to be determined whether or not rounds one and or rounds one and two of the playoffs would be best of five to shorten it up a bit. Um, but in all honesty, as long as the the conference and the Stanley Cup finals are both uh seven game series, I'm 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 game with that. Um so so the top four teams by points percentage. So top four teams and whatever uh would play for first round seeding. Uh, these teams will play one game against each other, uh, against uh, the top, against the rest of the people that are in the round robin group from their own conference. So the Blues won't play Tampa and vice versa. They're not going to cross conference play, uh, also because they'll be in two different cities. And these games will be played with regular season OT and shootout rules. So if there is a overtime, then it'll be the five-minute three-on-three and the shootout. And ties will be determined um, in the final standings of this um, in the uh, standings after the round robin is complete. Uh, ties will be. Um, fixed by the basing off of that team's regular season points percentage. So in this scenario, say, because how they currently have it on the video, how it has for Eastern Conference, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay, uh, Washington, and Philly. So, or in for Western Conference, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. If they were to have it like that like if that was exactly the format and say like Colorado and St. Louis were both um were both tied then the blues would be ahead at least I want to say they're saying in an instance that they were tied and Colorado's point percentage in a regular season was higher than the blues then Colorado would be Number one seed. And going, going, going. So for the best of five qualifying round, so this play-in series will be best of five. Um, so that's at least certain. Uh, your matchups for this be quite interesting to see. Um, so for the Eastern Conference, your matchups, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Montreal Canadiens, the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Islanders, the New York, uh, well, New York Rangers, my bad, uh, New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, 
And then for the Western Conference would be the Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes, whoop, whoop. Uh, Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild, and the Calgary Flames against the Winnipeg Jets. Now, um, these, however, will be decided with playoff rules uh, for shoot, uh, for overtime. So the whole, you know, five on five, 20, like full on like 20 minute um, periods for that. Now, with that video being done, um, now we get into, which I guess I don't need that. little note here but um yeah and i know they also mentioned stuff about the uh uh figuring out the lottery for like the draft lottery and all that i'm not gonna even try to get into that right now um this whole episode is primarily just about the playoff portion now uh once the playoffs come back or once there's a little bit more you know information and whatever then i'll get into it but um all i know is that june 26th apparently is when uh round one of the lottery starts um but that's all i know at this point um so while I'm here, let's talk. Let's let's reel it back to host cities here, because I have a gripe that I <laughs> I have uh, I've got now. Which when the news broke, watched it on my uh, my local news, and one of the first things that they mentioned is, "Hey." Guess who's not in the running for the uh, for a um, what was it called? I'm trying to think what uh, what I just say. Oh yeah, guess who's not in the running for a hub city? Good old St. Louis is not part of it, which is um, bullshit absolute bullshit and i'll uh tell you this so first off apparently rumor has it rumor uh has it the um well actually does the nhl network have that actually uh, i want to say they do so then it wouldn't be rumored because it's basically been talked about okay so yeah it's not even a uh, rumor it's it's for real so hub cities that are currently under Gary Bettman and the NHL's plan to return 
for hub cities under consideration. And I'll get and I'll explain why I feel like major ninety percent of all of these are a bunch of fucking bullshit. Um, Chicago, Illinois, uh, is a hub city consideration candidate. Uh, Columbus, uh, Dallas, Texas, Edmonton, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, Minnesota, uh, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Now, with that said, also winding it back to Gary Bettman's previous comments about what they're looking for for hub cities and stuff like that, ample hotels, all these, or housing for the players, yeah. I mean, do all of these places, you know, hit check the boxes? Yeah, I'd say in the top candidates for this being obviously L.A., obviously Toronto, obviously Chicago, and obviously Las Vegas. Now, also another thing that he talks about is NHL-ready locker rooms, which obviously all of these team, these play, you know, stadiums have. Because they all have NHL teams. So, and all of these buildings have been touted to be one of, like, you know, pretty decent buildings in the NHL. Um, none to be falling apart um, or dumps in that matter. Because um, the majority of these are either been recently renovated or brand new or basically brand new or at least, you know, under, they're all at least under 20 years old if they're not, haven't been renovated already. Um, and another thing that, that you also, that was mentioned was ample, uh, like basically ample places to practice and stuff like that. Chicago. I mean, I'd imagine. Yeah, sure. It might, uh, Columbus. I don't know about Columbus. What makes them more of a, a validated area than any other, you know, area like, like, I don't know, like, what makes Columbus that much higher of a option than, um, than a Washington or, or like a Philly or, I, I don't know, um, Dallas. I mean, I know they have some pretty decent, uh, options. So, I mean, Dallas sort of reason, it's sort of reasonable. Um, Edmonton, yeah, it's Edmonton, uh, Las Vegas, they're building, you know, state of the art and the hotel thing. They've got that. They, I got at all these, uh, cities they've got, they've got that on a lock. Um, now is for practice sheets of ice, um, for these teams. I mean, I know they have their. Uh, practice facility in Summerlin, I want to say is what where that's at. Um, and then they've got T-Mobile, obviously. But I, I mean, I don't know about that. But I mean, just let I mean. At the same time, I wouldn't imagine that it's any far any more far off than Dallas. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. 
but also you, it's, they also want to have a place to say, hey, hailing from whatever city, this is, you know, this is, you know, where we're playing and stuff like that, even though, because it's a lot more exciting to be like, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, instead of, oh, live from St. Louis, Missouri, because who cares about us here in the middle of the country, unless you're Chicago, because, you know, Chicago. Um, yeah, and same goes for LA. Um, but I'll say about the Chicago, the Illinois and the California thing, you know, politics aside with all these, you know, the state policies and stuff like that, you know, it's just kind of a lot more, it's a lot more stringent, um, to be living around in those States than most, um, you know, and if at least in America, if, if you're going to go basing off of that, you're probably going to want to either go to Las Vegas or Dallas, um, for the most part. Uh, and Minnesota, I mean, all the Minnesota and Phil and Philadelphia, I don't really know how their thing is going right now, but in Minnesota and Pittsburgh, I mean, Minnesota, I'd imagine, has some pretty ample, you know, ice surfaces for teams to practice and stuff like that. Uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, I'd imagine as well, but. You know, we'll have to wait and see who gets picked. Toronto makes sense on all fronts, makes sense. Um, and Vancouver, it's a, a pretty, I'd say it also makes sense as well. But I mean, like any, I feel like at this point, like anyone other than the Ottawa Senators, you could, you could say, hey, let's put, you know, let's do it here. Hell, for all I care, like you could go and say, hey, out in left field for the Eastern Conference at the very least, say, hey, let's go to Quebec and go to the freaking arena that they could very well bring back the Nordiques and put them there if they really wanted to, which would be awesome. But I digress, but yeah, that's who, that's your hub city: Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, L.A., Minnesota slash St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Yeah, but now I gotta ask yourselves: Who? Um, what are you gonna do when a team that? was about to get out of the playoffs um, <clears throat> or was like outside looking in like the Canadians. I want to say the Panthers were, if not like barely in. No, there were 10. So yeah, they, they were out. Uh, Blue Jackets, Rangers, uh, Blackhawks, Coyotes, Jets, Wild. What was that? What would happen if an absolute upset were one of those teams that, if the season continued full on, and they might have not even had a shot to go in the playoffs, and make and beat 
a team that was going to be in the playoffs anyway and then win it. How insane would that be? And how insane would it be to say your 2020 Stanley Cup champion, Arizona Coyotes? Love that ring of that. Breaking just flows right off the tongue, huh? How about 2020 Stanley Cup champion, Florida Panthers, huh? Or 2020 Stanley Cup champion, Minnesota Wild. Like, just imagine, just, just hear that. Just, just close your eyes and hear. Just how insane that sounds. Now I've been I've been all on the Bill Coyotes, you know, howler train. Woo, woo, how how? But just imagine, or 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 even more sickening uh, for some people to hear. Even though they were in a playoff spot at the point at the time, uh, two thousand twenty. Stanley Cup champion, Nashville Predators, that just sounds disgusting. That just sounds absolutely putrid. That just sounds like the worst thing ever. I'd rather see, I'd rather see the Blackhawks win again before I see the Predators ever win their first cup. Honestly, 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 I should, I should honestly hate to see the Blackhawks win another cup, but goddamn, if it means that, you know, I don't have to hear those freaking pompous-ass Predators fans. I, I mean, and that's another that's another thing that I saw on um, Twitter that someone was saying that um, how it's all fun and dandy, the hockey's coming back, but with no fans, how are players going to know when to shoot the puck or what, what goalie sucks and stuff like that? I'm like, hmm, Nashville um yeah like how how are you gonna tell tell um play uh enter whatever goalie's name you know that they suck and it's all their fault and stuff like that you know unless you're gonna you know tweet at them after after a loss or whatever but you know which i'd imagine like someone will be kind of creative about it uh, there'll probably be a whole bunch of TikToks and Twitters and Instagrams and Snapchats about it. That'll break the internet, but um, that's still, even though uh, we they have some sort of a plan in place, there's still a lot to be figured out. Where are they going to have it? And um, who's going to win these uh, play-in matchups? Now, let's get into some speculation as to who I would think would win these um like a prediction uh not gonna go and predict uh in how many games because all these series are uh well the play play in uh matchups are a best of five series um so for eastern conference uh the penguins versus the canadians um which also going off of nhl networks posts here um they have their uh matchup history so the montreal canadians and the pittsburgh penguins have met two times in playoff history uh, on the 1998 uh 1998 quarterfinals uh and the 2010 uh eastern conference fi- uh semifinals so second round uh and montreal beat them both times um four to, four to two in 98 and uh and in seven um 
in 2010. So the Penguins have never beat the Canadians in in the playoffs, although I would suspect that the Penguins would beat them. Um, but I mean, it would it be would it be very interesting to see the Canadians beat the Penguins uh, for a play-in? That would be who that would be insane. Um, but I would I would go and say Penguins for sure in that matchup. Uh, Islanders and Panthers. I remember this. Uh, they're one and only time very vividly uh, when the game, when the goal, um, game-winning goal, and then uh, Robert uh, Roberto Luongo just laying face down on the ice is like so disappointed in the 2016 first round when the Islanders uh, beat the Panthers four games to two. Um, that's the only time they ever met in the playoffs, but um, this could be a toss-up. Absolute toss-up. Um, but I'd have to say Islanders just mainly just, I mean, not to take anything away from Joel Quinville and uh, just how far the Panthers have come so far, um, but they are, you know, they've they've got their, they got a bright future and they'll be a little bit, you know, more of a contending team in the future, but I'm going to say Islanders is purely off of Barry Trotz's defensive system that he he institutes in his uh his teams and the Panthers, you know, not really having a good defense uh could very well spell a short season for the Panthers. But, you know, with those whole pause and how everyone's had, you know, a pretty equal amount of rest, you know, it I mean, it could be a toss up, but I'm going to say Islanders uh, Hurricanes and Rangers never met in the playoffs. Um, now, with the seeding, you'd think I'd say Hurricanes, but I'm going to have to go and say Rangers. And I say Rangers because they have, I mean, arrested uh, Henrik Lundqvist, um, as well as Gorgiev as well, because uh, he's he's been pretty solid. Um their de- I mean, their decor is all right, which is a strength for the Hurricanes because their decor is a little bit better. Um, however, firepower, absolute firepower. I know I was talking about defense with Islanders and Panthers, but Mikas Abinajad and Artemi Panarin, dynamic duo. I'm picking Rangers just on the sheer fact Mikas a Mika Sabinajad and Artemi Panarin. Not take anything away from Aho. Not take anything away from Svechnikov, um, or anything or anyone of their caliber on the Hurricanes. But I'm gonna have to give it to the Rangers in that one. <sighs> and we go to Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets, and they have never met in the playoffs. Now, on one hand, you have Frederick Anderson, got a lot of rest, great and dandy. You also have Austin fucking Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. I want to say another. At least top three. No, at least that's the top, the top three. 
And I mean, you also have Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, Tyson Berry for defense, but Blue Jackets. Now, I know they don't have a lot of name, like real big names on their team, but just to see how well, you know, Corpusalo, uh, Merlinkins, um, and Net have been, you know, been playing, uh, Zach Wierenski, um, I mean, their whole team, even though all of their free agent, the big name free agents, all of them parted ways, but they just still, you know, found a way to, you know, under old Torts's leadership, found a way to, you know, become, you know, very competitive and such. Now, this is another toss up here. But, what okay so this is gonna be an instance where what do i realistically see happening and what i'd like to see happen now realistically somehow some way the maple leaps are gonna pull some bullshit out and win at least to get in the playoffs now after that they might end up still meeting the bruins and getting beaten in six or seven so that'd be kind of a waste now it'd be interesting to see the what I'd like to see, even though, yeah, I, I I have a Maple Leafs jersey. I rock the freaking Maple Leafs as my favorite team in the Atlantic at the moment. But I'd say I'd like to see the Blue Jackets, you know, go. And I say that because the Maple Leafs have some defensive troubles and some cap issues that they need to freaking work on. That's going to hurt his going to even though they're like, oh, yeah, we got a bright future. We, we want to be cup contenders and stuff like that. Yeah. In a cap era, you can't be trying to spend your money so damn, you know, carelessly, simply put, to try to get yourself that cup. When you're allocating about a third, maybe a little bit more than a third of your cap. For three players, that's senselessness right there. And the fact that there has not been a single team, not a single team to win. Uh, I, I can't attest to say that there's not been a single team in the Stanley Cup finals, although I want to say that that is a, a fact there. But I can surely attest to the fact that there's not been a single team in NHL history that has paid a t- player 10 million or higher and won a Stanley Cup not a single team and the Maple Leafs at least within the next three to five years or well, at least in the next you know two or three will not be a team to even sniff the play or any team I'm going to go as far as to say that will sniff the cup playing a player that much money because they're handcuffed. They can't pay to spread the money around. That's why the Bruins and the blues and 
before Patty Kane and Taze got their money and back before Rick and Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar got their money or Jonathan Quick got their money or name any other big name player. The reason why the Chicago Blackhawks haven't been back since is like coincidentally the same year that Patty Kane and Jonathan Taze got their money, they freaking just nosedived. Absolutely nosedived in the playoffs and haven't been anywhere near the Stanley Cup final since. So I'm going to say I'd like to see Blue Jackets. So I'm going to say to wrap it up for the Eastern Conference for predictions on who's going to go into play-ins. It'll be Penguins, the Islanders, Rangers, and Blue Jackets. So that's my picks for the Eastern Conference. Now, Western Conference here, my bread and butter here. My bread and butter. Now, the matchup history. And also the drink of the day is brought to you by Shaffley Pale Ale. St. Louis uh, delicacy right there. But yeah, Western Conference prediction for play-ins. Once again, not going to say in how many games, but um, first off, our first matchup, the Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks and Oilers have met each other in the playoffs four times. Uh, 1992 in the conference final all these are in the conference final so 1983 Edmonton swept them for nothing 1985 the Oilers beat them in six in the conference finals and the 1990 Edmonton Oilers beat them in six as well in 1992 uh, Chicago swept the Oilers for nothing which then go on to face the Penguins. And I want to say that they also got swept. <laughs> um, but actually, I kind of want to fact check that before I continue. Uh, 
some of these tandems. Um, I apologize. There. So, for the Edmonton Oilers, you have Mikko Kostinen, and they have Mike Smith. So that's Edmonton Oilers. And their tandem apparently is Corey Crawford and our old Malcolm Subban. So, yeah, I'm going to call out the gate and say, and I'm going to not give Corey Crawford the benefit of the doubt. I mean, even if I was to give Corey Crawford a benefit of the doubt. I know goal, good goaltending can win you championships, right? However, that's kind of all they have for them. And at the very least, when it comes to, yeah, because defensively for both the Oilers and the Blackhawks, there's not really an advantage in either or right there. But for the Oilers, they have, I want to say, other than for Blackhawks, all friggin' playoff, playoff cane here. All right. Let's put that out there. The Oilers have got the firepower of Connor McDavid, the speed of Connor McDavid, as well as the slick passing and scoring of Leon Dreisaitl. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to like the Oilers' chances, and that's who I'm going to pick. Biases aside, because I hate the Chicago Blackhawks and every Chicago team, for that matter, with all of my being. But with biases aside, I'm going to pick the Oilers. Now, for the Canucks and Wilds, I'm just going to spare you the whole thing. Just Canucks. Uh, They met one time in playoff history, and Minnesota actually beat them in 7 2003. Um, One of the very few times, I want to say is, I want to go as far as to say, it's the only time that Minnesota actually came out of the first round surprise to fucking prize um but yeah um uh, minnesota's one nothing all time versus the canucks but i'm gonna go ahead and say the canucks are going to uh win this uh against the wild um mainly because the, the wild have no you know into you know business being there uh so skipping ahead and not giving uh, the wild any respect whatsoever <laughs> um, the predators and the coyotes uh, Arizona uh, and the national predators have only met each other one time in the playoff history in their playoff histories um, in 2012 in the Western Conference sec- semifinals uh, second round uh, the coyotes beat the predators in five to go on to lose to the Kings, who then went on to win their first cup in history. But what could have been? What could have been if the Coyotes were to go on and win, go to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2012? That'd be quite interesting. That'd be a quite interesting uh, little thing, to say the least. Um, but yeah, now, 
And this is where it kind of pains me here. It pains me. It really pains me. Now, the Coyotes defensively, I'm not going to say that they're bad. I'm not going to say that they're better than the Predators. I'm going to say that they'll be competitive. Auntie Ranta and Darcy Kemper, when they're on, they are on. But also, like, well, UC Soros is, you know, is a very solid backup. And when Pecorine is on, he is on. However, as of late, Pecorine has had some not-so-stellar starts. And for those that remember the 2016 Stanley Cup Finals against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, when they were at in um, Nashville, Regan Pecorine was absolutely insane. But whenever they were away, it wasn't that way at all. However, with this being in one city with no fans, all those types of things kind of go out the window. So your guess is good as mine as to what kind of pecker rating we might see. Cause there's no doubt in my mind, he'll get to start, but at the same time, I would not be at all surprised if they were to start Pecorine and kind of do a, a reverse Washington Capitals where they initially started series a series with Philip Grubauer and didn't do well, and then they put Holpe in and then whatever, even though Holpe was obviously the clear starter, but for whatever reason they had Holpe in, but that's for such the point. If they were to, you know, have Pecorino have, you know, a couple bad starts and they put old Saros in there and he kind of takes off, uh, then the offseason would be quite interesting for the Predators. But to get back to predicting who's going to win this, I, <laughs> um, because you also, I also have to think. But yes, you have Oliver Ekman Larson on the Coyote side, but you also have Roman Yossi on the Predator side. And then you have guys like Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, just to name a few, um, over there on, uh, Who else do they have? <laughs> I should know those. Yeah, they have Ryan Johansson. He, oh, yeah. Ryan Johansson, Matt Shane, Philip Fursberg, Kyle Turris, just, you know, not a big deal. Uh, Michael Granlin, you know, he, he's got some flashes of a uh, good little thing. Victor Ardvidsson, um, you know, little diver there. Um, Nick Benino, solid centerman right there. Yeah. Versus Coyotes. Because you got Phil Kessel, 
Derek Stepan. Nick Schmaltz has been pretty solid. Carl Soderberg can do, you know, you know, if you use him right, you know, he can he can contribute. Um <clears throat> Michael Grabner, quick guy. Uh Taylor Hall, still on the team. Hey. Uh, and then whenever he's in a position to, you know, ex- excel, he can excel. This is that, you know, he's been dealt shitty hand after shitty hand after shitty hand. Um Vinny Henestrosa, underrated right there. Um, Clayton Keller, up and comer. Um, yeah. Connor Garland, also a very underrated guy that can deliver as well. So, I mean, and for defense, you have uh, OEL and Nicholas uh, Yalmerson as well. Jason Demers. Um, Galgowski. I mean, I'm going to say for this matchup, Coyotes. And it's not because. I mean, I'm gonna say, oh, let's be real. It's a little bit, like a itty little bit. Other uh, reason being that I like the Coyotes and I hate the Predators, but also the fact that when the goalies are on, you know, when both of those goalies are on, they're like damn near unbeatable. Or at the very least, they'll stand on their head to keep the team in the game. And as long as as you know the right pieces you know are in the right place the right time the coyotes can just be like lightning in a bottle and just freaking just go and yeah i and there's just something about this team that i feel like you know this is their chance that the hockey gods have gifted to them by hey we know you were doing really well and then for whatever hell reason the winds were the wind was leaving your sails so I would plead that Rick Tockett get as much as he can out of these players. So then he and the Coyotes can go into the playoffs for the first time since 2012, which after that, coincidentally after that uh, second round uh, appearance against the National Predators and then they losing to the LA Kings, they haven't sniff the playoffs since so i uh, i, I want to see the coyotes in the playoffs this year and i really hope that they win and i'm going to choose them to win question last but not least the calgary flames and the winnipeg jets now they in this re, this iteration of the winnipeg jets have never met the Flames. The previous iteration of the Jets, I would imagine, I am pretty sure it has, which is the Coyotes. Um, yes, they met in three series. Um, the old Winnipeg Jets met the Calgary Flames in three separate playoff series, um, which the last one being in 1987. So, um, yeah. But this iteration of the Jets have not, uh, slash Atlanta Thrashers, cough, cough, uh, has not 
met the Flames in uh, the playoffs. Now, I'm going to say Calgary Flames for this. Main, I mean, the big selling point on the Winnipeg Jets, obviously besides Blake Wheeler and besides bringing Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine and Kyle Connor and Ehlers is this guy by the name of Connor Hellebuck. Because their defense has fallen apart since last season. Last season, had the Blues not, you know, been, you know, the Blues last last playoffs, I would have I would have foresaw a lot among other analysts and stuff like that that the Winnipeg Jets most definitely would have went a lot further than they did last year when they lost in the first round. I guess their 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. But at the same, I mean, I could say the same thing for Dallas too. But with the de- clear demotion of their defense across the board, because the, the big notable for me on defense on defense for the um for the Jets is Josh Morrissey. Other than that, they've got they've got scoring for days. Wheeler, Connor, Line, Shifley, Ehlers, Perot can, you know, contribute. Eakin, Adam Lowry is a little scrappy dog there. Andrew Cop. Like Majority of, if not all, their forwards on their roster, according to Cat Friendly, has um, can definitely um, contribute to you know do some damage. Now going over to the Calgary Flames, yeah, the Flames they got Maddie Kachuk. St. Louis boy right there, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, um, and a physical guy in Milan Lucic, freaking breaking them ankles. Um, Sam Bennett, little scrappy dog there. Um, and for uh, defense, they have old uh, Gio, Mark Giordano, uh, DJ Brody, Noah Hannafin, Travis Hamanick. I mean, they have a pretty solid top four on uh defense for them and then in goalies they have David Riddick uh, that has proved to be a pretty damn good goalie when he absolutely has to Uh, and Cam Talbot actually has not been that bad this year Um, was definitely way better than he was um, when he was in Philly but um, yeah um, with that said, so as long as, you know, Riddick's good to go, um, and the fact that they have both the forward, the firepower, the physicality, and defense 
and their, you know, advantage. I'm going to go ahead and say that um, Calgary Flames, yeah, definitely going to uh, be the ones to be uh, take them on. But yeah, that's my picks for the Western Conference. So the Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, Arizona Coyotes, and the uh, Calgary Flames. So ironically, almost all of the same seeds for either one I picked uh, the same except for the, the final ones. So... So yeah, that's that's my picks for the plans. Now, I'm not gonna go in to be like I'm not even gonna try to go in until after the games have been played. To you know, be like, oh yeah, we're gonna start filling brackets out here, and I'm not gonna do brackets, even when the whole like six the traditional sixteen team playoffs starts later on. I am not by any means. Gonna do a bracket. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm gonna at the very least I'll take it series by series, but I'm not gonna go and try to, you know, foresee that uh the whole thing play out. But but yeah, um I think this is the episode for today. Um and for those that have not, you know, if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. Um, I, for those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock, I do have uh, social media pages for the uh, the podcast slash YouTube channel. However, yes, I am not, you know, as at least, at least definitely right now, I'm nowhere near uh, as active as I would would be if I, you know, if, you know, we weren't in this stupid coronavirus bullshit. But I, once, you know, things start to open up, or at the very least, once, you know, hockey actually starts coming back and we actually have games to talk about and stuff like that, best believe I'll be as active as I possibly be. Um Twitter is probably the best one that I um, can, you know, interact with people. So um, I have the the, the little uh, handles for all of those in the descriptions below. Um, and also having for those that, you know, if you have a question um, about the... Um, Yeah, if you have a question about, you know, anything for the NHL season or stuff like that, and you want, you know, to ask about it and then me answer it on an upcoming episode, by all means, uh, Twitter, uh, just tag me in on Twitter and I'll uh, I'll try to answer it in an an upcoming episode. Or you can uh, text message. Um, the Easy Hacker Reviews is um phone line, text message only, please and thank you. Um, which I'll leave it in the uh, description below 
which actually, since I still don't really remember this. So that number, and also keep in mind, I know that there's a lot of international um, listeners, which I appreciate you, um, which the social media route would probably be the best way for you guys to ask questions. I won't, you know, try to, I'm not going to try to be like, oh, I prefer you do it this way. And if you use another way, I'm not going to answer your question. I'll take everything into account. So, um, yeah. That number, 314-326-5142 is the number for asking questions, text message only. Just leave your, just put your, your name and what the question is and then i will most definitely ask uh answer that in the upcoming episode so once again 314-326-5142 is the is the uh quite is the little number question number uh for the, the pod but anyway this has been the episode um like share subscribe if you're on the youtube side because we record this video version uh on every well lately every episode i know there's been episodes in the back parts of the episode uh podcasts that i have not done the video portions but we're doing as many as i can with the video as well um and as always on apple podcast spotify and all the other podcasting services as well so don't forget to rate and subscribe over on those sides but anyway um this has been the latest episode of the lead hockey podcast and i'll catch you in the next one thank you very much